belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. The message for Sunday, June 25th is called, Congratulations, Now What? The speaker is John Ray and the location is Clap Auditorium, Monsequoia, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Good morning. You're listening on the podcast or watching on the live stream. My name is John Ray. This is Grace Church. We are really glad that you're here this morning. Um, The hot Texas sun was the same as I'd experienced the previous 17 summers of my existence. The buzz of the cicadas and the scolding of the mockingbirds were the same as well. I drove home to the only home I'd ever known. My room was still there. How could everything be exactly the same, yet feel so different? Coming home after that last day of the last class of high school disoriented everything. Everything was the same, but at the same time, it was radically different. The structure of the school year with its rhythms and expectations, had guided me most of my known life. There was always going to be the next year, the next grade. Looking forward to the next teacher, the next step along the way, all of a sudden, that had come to an end. What was this life going to be like now that I didn't have these familiar patterns, these familiar expectations? Despite my worries, those questions would have to wait because now it was time to party. It was time for one last fling with friends before the next part of our lives began. Now I understand that leaving high school and leaving behind generations of slavery are not the same thing. But I think there is something we can learn from understanding the very human experience of leaving one episode or chapter or era in our life and going into another and learning how to do that well. We've been walking through the book of Exodus and Exodus essentially is broken in half where we end today. We've talked a lot about the one of the frameworks we've been using as we look at the scripture is asking the question, what are the people being delivered from And what are they being delivered to? So in these first 15 chapters that we get up to this idea, they're being delivered from slavery. And we've taken a lot of time to talk about what Egypt is and how that translates into the idea of empire and how empires are always with us. There may be many empires of home and relationships or work or a certain culture or the larger empires and structures that are out there but they didn't end with Egypt or Babylon. Talk about the things being delivered from the slavery, not just the oppressive outward slavery, but also the inward slavery that comes from a mentality of slavery, a mentality of deprivation, a mentality of hierarchy and wanting power over people with that. And here is the break. The people have been let out. The armies have been 
of empire in Egypt have been swallowed under the sea and the people are standing on the edge of the land. And what do they do? But they say this in Exodus 15, 18, the Lord will reign forever. And y'all, at that moment, I think they mean it. In that moment. I think they really mean it. Because they're caught up in the in the adrenaline of the whole situation. They're caught up in this, this massive movement away from slavery into this new thing. And they stand on the precipice of this new reality that is no longer going to be guided by the rhythms and the expectations of empire in Egypt and slavery. And they're going to walk into this new thing. We're going to walk with them. And we're going to see that it's not going to be easy. But at that moment, I want us to just sit with it in the moment where they are full of gratitude, full of confidence. Hey, we just saw this. We're never going to forget this. We've got this thing now. They're full of that confidence. And often I've heard people fault them for that as as some kind of false bravado, but it's not. We've all felt that, right? We've all felt when we've completed something, got that degree, signed that paper for that thing, you know, showed up for that thing like, I've got this. This is going to be good. This is, we're going to enter in. And we give praise. And y'all, that's a good thing. It's a necessary thing. It's a right thing to stop and just enjoy the moment. And I think that's a little bit of what's going on here with that. And we need to remember as we read this that there will always be more challenges ahead. We're never going to get where it just is easy. That's probably one of the biggest misconceptions that got has guided my life. Um, I saw it in the meme that says, you know, being an adult is consistently telling yourself over and over again, if I just get through the next two weeks, things will get easier. Like that's the definition of being an adult, right? Like we, we continually kind of lie to ourselves in that way of, oh man, if I can just get through the next week, if I can just get through this semester, if I can just get through this stretch, then it'll be easy, right? It won't. And it will for a while. And then it won't again. Like, we don't know. But we can't let that stop us from stopping in the moment and saying, okay, I see God. I see what God is capable of. I acknowledge what God is capable of. Under fully, fully knowing as we mature that we will not always see that. We will not always feel that. That will not always be our reality. But right now, yes, we can see this. Now the problem is we usually fall into one of two ditches when we don't do this. And the one is, or the one is that we want to kind of stay there forever. Like, like we, we think, hey, let's just, in a way, like let's bubble wrap this moment. Or, or let's put it in a snow globe. Somehow, let's just make this moment last forever. We think that the good thing is to hold on to it, that we never want to leave the party. We never want to leave the mountaintop. We never want to leave the... The, the graduation thing, right? We want to just hold on to that. It's like the manna in the wilderness, right? It's good for the day, but it, the next day it, it starts to stink. It starts to lose its power. 
more often though, I think in my own case, it's it's the hurry, it's to, it's the the impetus to rush to the next thing, not to stop and really savor the fullness. Like, okay, we got that out of the way. What's next? Okay, that was good. Now let's go. And and we want to rush on to the next thing. It's like we want to we want to use the momentum of that to push forward to the next thing instead of just being in the moment with that. So how do we navigate this? How do we learn? How do we become people who practice this this ability to stop? This ability to recognize, to name what God is doing. To name our experience. Because like I said when I was praying, we're all in different places, right? Like some of us are feeling this exceptionally. Others are like, I don't even remember what that feels like. I don't know if I've ever felt that way. We're all over the spectrum on this. Well, I think the first thing is we we cultivate this practice of gratitude. It's something we have to learn, y'all. And I know it comes more natural to some people than others. but, But being grateful is a practice that we cultivate. We have to learn to give recognition where recognition is due. We have a need to give thanks, to praise, to celebrate when the job, even when the job isn't finished. I know what keeps a lot of us from doing that is because it's not perfect yet. We don't want to stop and celebrate because there's always stuff that's not yet done. There's always something else that, some alteration that still needs to be made some grade that needs to be redone, some project that's yet to be finished, some thing that's there, out there. And so we're like, well, I can't really stop, give, thank, because it's still not perfect. And it keeps us from that. So we have to watch out for that. Um, It's also, those of us who are involved intimately in the lives of other people with that, sometimes we can feel guilty. We can feel guilty about feeling good when people we love are feeling bad. It feels somehow wrong that in this world where people are people are dying from myriad causes, people are suffering so much. What, what right do we have to be happy? What right do we have to stop and give thanks? But we do. We need to. And maybe we can even do that on behalf of people who can't. But giving thanks is an essential part of our nature. It's an essential part of our walk. It's an essential part of being whole with this. This is one of the reasons why we're we're making a continued effort to follow more and more the church calendar. Because our any individual emotion can't guide a group of people. If this church is waiting for to, to be happy when Alex or John or Betty or Jen and Justin are happy, and then everybody else has to follow around, then when we get feeling bad, okay, now we want everybody else to feel bad. We can't do that. That's not fair. That's, that's incredibly unfair. And so we set that we've, we've set to practice the church calendar, which tells us, it says, okay, during this season, This is when you stop and reflect and you really deal seriously with the the hurt and the suffering, the 
things you need to repent of, the things you need to change, right? And here are seasons where you really need to concentrate on being happy, on recognizing, on celebrating, on doing these things. And here are seasons when you really need to remember this specific event and you need to enter into doing that. And yes, it, there will never be a time when all of us feel that way. There are going to be Christmases that are miserable and there are going to be Lents where people are getting married. But this overarching narrative helps regulate our emotions communally. And it helps us practice in a healthy way these things that otherwise we just don't feel like. We just don't feel like. This invites us and encourages us to do that. The other thing is this recognition helps us stay faithful for the long haul. Look, it's so easy to lose heart when the buzz wears off. Um, I was looking back over the calendar and I was uh, of meeting and I was looking back in March when we made it, met at Miller and Betty did the presentation on the perch. And how happy everybody is. Yeah, we got a building. This is going to be awesome. Maybe we'll be in by Easter. <laughs> I remember that. But yeah, like Palm Sunday, like we're going to be in the building. It's going to be great. And uh, yeah, we're not, are we? Um, there's been a lot that has intervened in that. And there's always going to be stuff. That goes on. But, but being happy that day was not a bad thing. That wasn't a mistake. It helps us to be faithful through those inevitable trials that are going to come up. It helps us sustain us through the concrete dust and water breaks and drywall full of dumpsters full of drywall. Where's that? Um, it helps us keep going. Look, it's it's easy to celebrate when the when it still have the, the new car smell. It, it's harder when that wears off. But giving thanks helps us go. And I think the last thing it does is it helps us remember, it, it, we, it, we need to recognize the importance of remembering and the dangers of nostalgia. Celebrating properly, celebrating in the moment, celebrating in a way that leads us to walk faithfully into the future is very different from the the twisting of remembering the toxicity of nostalgia. If we're, not, if we're not consistently stopping and giving thanks for where we are, we're tempted to think nostalgically about the past. And in this sense, I'm not, I'm not talking about that emotion of driving through your high school town or, or seeing your own home and the emotions that flood you. I really don't think that's nostalgia. Nostalgia is more something... It was actually a psychological term that a psychologist, I think it was a Swiss psychologist, applied to soldiers who weren't, um, who were losing the will to fight. They were losing the will to fight, and, and he was saying, why, why are they doing this? And they would talk about just how much they missed home, and how beautiful home was, and how good home was. And, and, and it was a psychological term for, for disturbance. It was a condition, a bad condition. Now, in our society, marketers have learned how to make money off nostalgia, so they've treated it like a good thing, but it's not. Nostalgia is when we 
fail to appreciate and give thanks in the moment and think, if we could just go back, we could just go back. The problem is, the past is not the past, right? Like it becomes a twisted, it becomes a romanticized version. It becomes, it becomes something that actually never really happened. We forget what it was really like. We gloss over all the bad parts. And that just keeps us from moving forward with hope. It just, what it does is it saps us from the energy that we need to move forward when we get caught in nostalgia. Yeah, we want to remember the past. Yeah, we want to give thanks for the good things. Yes, we want to recognize the bad things, but we don't want to become nostalgic about it. So that's a, it's a very destructive thing with that. I'm giving thanks in the moment. As we were working through this with the teaching team this week, Alex asked the question, what is the benefit of remembering like this or celebrating? And if I could sum it up, I would say this, that it keeps us properly aligned. It keeps us from self-credentialing. Remember what, how we talked about um, a few weeks back when they talked about um, the, the importance God was saying, I want you to remember this. Because when we cease to remember, he talked about how when we cease to remember, we become self-credentialing and we forget and diminish the needs of others. It becomes all about us. It becomes all about us. We don't remember what's been done for us. We start to think, I got here by myself, on my own, by my own smarts and my own hard work. And if just everybody else would be as smart and hardworking as me, they wouldn't have their problems. Horrible way to go through. What a horrible way to estimate others, to measure them against some self-generated yardstick within yourself. That isn't even true. So that's why we remember. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. Um, I think it's good for us to remember. And I think I like this, and I like this illustration of graduation, especially this time of year, because I think it helps us understand that there are phases in our life as a church, just as well as there are phases in our life as individuals. I've spent a lot of time this past week reflecting on where we've been as Grace Church, the things that we've gone through in the past few years with that. And y'all, I am as excited as I can be about the future. I am as grateful even for the hard things that we have come through those things. That we have matured and deepened. That we are having conversations. As I was talking with Ryan earlier this week, we are having conversations now that we could never have had before. But I also know, y'all, it's not going to be easy going forward. We still have challenges out there. We don't know what but we can stop now and give thanks for what is, where we are, who we are at this moment. So thank you for being here. And as we transition to this time of um, communion, our communion table is open to everyone because we're not the ones, we're not the ones who gatekeep it. Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one who invites the table. He says, y'all come. All y'all. Everyone's welcome.
And Jesus is the one serving and Jesus is the one being served. And so as we take this, we remember with gratitude all that God has done for us, is doing in us, and will do for us in the future as we take that in. We also take this time to remember, to reflect. I don't want anybody here to just take this because I've got the microphone. Wrestle with this yourself. And if there's a thought or something that you need to do, write it down. You know as soon as you walk out of here. We forget, right? We do, I do. But if we write it down, if we remember it here, there's a better chance we'll act on it. And then we also take our offering. We have our offering box over there, but we also can give online. And we take our offering as a symbol that none of us here is without a need, and none of us here is without something to give. And as a community, we share both in that, out of our generosity and in our need. So thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find more about us online at gracechurchmwa.org. Grace and peace.